Welcome to Fucking Candyland, hosted by Rampage and Gemini. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to fucking Candyland, bitches. We are so happy to be here with you all. And the energy, the momentum, it is just getting hotter and hotter. And I don't know if it's Leo season or the double full moon this month, but I feel on one. I literally laughed as soon as you talked because that was so aggressive. Welcome back to fucking Candyland. <laughs> I wanted to introduce us like a WWE uh, intro. <laughs> I'm Paige coming down. No, um, I feel like we haven't recorded in a second, but we literally have just talked. I mean, honestly, the cool thing about the way that we have it set up now is like we're not rushing to record, but we're just in flow. Like when you have guests or you make a commitment to interview a guest, you're like on that schedule. And the thing that's really cool about our brand is like we don't pressure each other I feel like you get more upset when you can't do something and I'm like it's cool it's fine and you're like no I'll be home in 49 minutes 22 seconds I'll be there we could record in 52 minutes and I'm like no we'll just reschedule and you're like what do you mean I'm like it's okay yeah but I mean I guess part of that is like trauma responding right like I'm used to feeling like I'm inconveniencing people if like life gets in the mix and that's something that like I'm really working on but a lot of people don't have the patient dynamic that we have with each other like I can't imagine being upset with you for something coming up and not being able to record but I instantly am like what if this is the thing that like sets Paige off and she's like I'm fucking never recording with you again <laughs> Honestly, I feel like so many people create content because they're pressured by like an algorithm or like they're pressured by something. And I had taken a step back from TikTok because every single time I start making TikToks, the scammers just start going wild. And in like the last two weeks, I've had some TikToks kind of do really well. And like for me, there used to not be as much of content coming out on TikTok daily. So now that it's like an overabundance, the views are just not what they used to be. The likes are not what they used to be because where there used to be, you know, a million users, now there's a billion users. And I just feel like taking it in waves and every single time it feels like it takes more of my mental health afterwards because like I made some videos and then the scammers just start going off and my favorite thing is like when I'm working directly with a client like through my website and then they write me and they're like did you message me on TikTok and I'm like no no but speaking of scammers and TikTok and social media and stuff I feel like 
I'm seeing so many like spiritual readers inside of my, my comments. And I'm not talking about like the ones that are like really in fucking India, but they're pretending to be you. I mean, like actual people like selling their spiritual readings and services inside of comments and like the ethics behind it is just starting to like genuinely piss me off like I blocked somebody this morning because they commented on one of my videos and were like um there's this woman that's in all of your you know videos behind you and you know she's mentioning so-and-so's name and then it just cuts off and like that you know that that's the comment and this, this person's done it a couple times so I block but to me it's very scammy because one, I haven't given you permission to be inside of my energy or give a reading at all. Two, you're inside of the comments leaving a half-assed message that's not even a message when you could just send me a direct message and say, is it okay to like give a reading? Like I have something to say. And then there'll also be comments like, I'm not sure if you're a medium, but there's this energy or whatever. And it's like, are you inside of comments like dropping little things because you want me to come book with you because you want people in my comment section to come and book readings with you and be like, wow, what a spiritualist. And I'm fucking blocking because that go to me, that like goes against everything that like I stand for as someone doing spiritual services. I would never just approach somebody that I don't know and be like, Maria has a message for you. You know, that happened very um, recently to me, like with all those people in my community who never even knew who their spirit guides were, never did a message, never did anything to try to take the information that I taught to them and then turn around and solicit people from within my community. And it was so crazy because most of the messages that they would spread to these people were so fear-based. Like, no, you need my help to remove this. No, I need to remove it for you. Like, I'm just going to say that on the spiritual journey, it is unique to everyone, but there is no type of hex or curse or any of that shit on you unless you're agreeing and consenting to it. Like you can't be cursed if you don't consent to the bullshit. Most people throughout history, if your lineage had some type of curse, it's because they stole something, they hurt someone, they did someone wrong, and that's the energetic, like, reciprocation there you know what I mean and so it irks me to my core when people reach out for spell work and their first thing was another reader told me I had a curse on me that's because they want you to need them that's because yeah and people too that are like interested in getting readings and stuff from people we've said before like you know with you you approached bunny and were like is it okay if i like give you a reading you reached out to her personally we're like i feel inclined to do this there's a yes and there's an energy exchange there if you were to just go into her comments and be like bobo the clown wants me to let you know that the circus is opening up tomorrow and you're the opening act come on through mama like that would be fucking odd and, you know, I think it's so tacky when people like do spiritual work for someone who has influence or a following, and then they make a whole montage of it. Like the only stuff I've ever posted has been with permission or actually created by Bunny's team. You know what I mean? Like I have never in my life screen recorded a private conversation or screenshotted our text messages or shared intimate relationship energy with the world it's like this person trusts you in an intimate way to tap into their energy 
if they want to share it, like the sitter, the client wants to share that with the world, let's go. But I would never post like a whole spell work video and be like, this was for this client. They're cutting the cord from this person and this, you know, like that's so tacky. And it's like back to the girl that does the bullshit with Aaron Carter. I promise you, you're not talking to Aaron Carter. He don't even fuck with you. He didn't even know you when he was alive, you know? And that's why like whenever that night I told you I was really upset over Aaron and you said, I was thinking about him last night when I was taking a bath or whatever. I was just meditating, thinking about his spirit. And I'm like, girl, cause he just came to me because he's sick of people using his name for clout and then slandering his name when he was alive. It's like the same people that wouldn't have reached out and actually helped him when he was here are the people that want to ride his wave after he's gone. And I think that is the most tacky. And if anybody is inviting in a curse, it's those people, because that is an energy exchange that is done for the wrong reasons. Well, and, you know, we had like, we talk about him and stuff because we had a personal tie there. Like we had an agreement that he was going to be coming on the podcast and we, and he was gung ho for coming on. And we were like, let's push it back because he's going through things. We don't want to be talking about like messiness and, and, you know, struggles that he's having. We want to talk about like his inspirations and like his spiritual side of things. And we want him to like tap in more, like be ready for like healing like maybe we want to do a reading for him on here and we want him to be able to be ready to like receive those messages so when he was alive we had the opportunity to have him on and if it was a clout thing and it was a popularity thing we'd have already had that interview done we'd have been like hey guys this is released and we feel something in our spirit because you know there's the well, goddamn, we never had the opportunity. Like we never got to actually talk to him and do this interview. And like, that would have been such a dope thing. And on the other end of it, we're like, but we wouldn't have done anything different because we wanted this version. We didn't want to, you know? And so for then somebody who didn't know him, didn't have any connection to then be using his death as a fucking clout thing. And by the way, um, someone stitched that person's videos recently and she's still doing it. She is still Aaron Carter all up in the family. I'm talking to so-and-so I'm doing this and this. And I think it's fucking gross. And another thing that I want to add is Aaron also was trying to figure out how we could all come together in person and record in person. And I know that was way before we even met and you were like, I don't know how I could make that happen. But I feel like another reason that it was being pushed off is because we were actually going to be able to go in person and he was going to invite us into his home to record the podcast. And I think that that's a lot of stuff like we don't talk about and I would never like publicly air out any of the conversations but when I look at my contacts the very first person that pops up it says Aaron Carter's manager and I'm just like my inner child thrives in the environment to know that we were trying to give him an avenue to speak on his artistry on his soul on his actual like path as an artist rather than the shit show that was created for him because being a child star and being in a spotlight and being in your brother's shadow, like that's a difficult life to be thrown into a movie or into something at five and six years old. Like that is really terrible. And honestly, the whole entire like industry grooms children. Like there's no reason that there should be a pageant industry for children. There are no reason that these little girls should be wearing these 
little baby skirts and shirts at these gymnastic competitions and stuff. You can't tumble in a shirt. You have to wear a bra in front of all these old men and whoever. Like the way everything is set up is to profit off people who can't make their own decisions. And I think Aaron was just backed into a corner and he never really got to get a hold on his own mental health because he was always trying to fight off the vultures such as this lady who never had a conversation with him, period. Well, and, you know, we're talking about the like little girls and pageants and things, right. Being put on display, but there are so many um, male entertainers coming out talking about, you know, how, how the sexual assault on women in the industry has been talked about, but the assault that they went through and the grooming that so many went through, Justin Bieber recently came out and was talking, I don't know if it was recent, but I recently saw it talking about the amount of grooming that was done to him while he was inside of Hollywood and, you know, stuff that he won't talk about. And now, you know, you see him physically ill and having anxiety and having panic attacks and things like that. And, and that was all throughout a documentary that he had. And the, what we see on the outside, and we've talked about this before, what people see on the outside versus what happens behind the scenes are two totally just different things. And, People don't pay attention until, you know, you have a Britney Spears thing or you have a, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden people care because, well, that's so tragic or they died. You know, honestly, I think we could compare what's going on with Doja Cat as like what happened to Britney Spears. Like you're at this peak of your career, like in this highlight, and then you think, oh, this is going to make it better. This is going to make it whatever. And then you start losing your mind because your true power is in your authenticity and like your unique gifts. But when you make deals with the devil, baby, like, you know, shit happens. And I feel like Brittany, she had been put on public display her whole life. And now we're watching the spiral of like the shit show and people are still being very mean to her you know, just not respecting her to the point where she's turned off her comments, which sucks because I used to love going to her comment section and just looking at everything. Because honestly, I'm not even convinced that that's really Britney Spears at all. Like, I'm just like, her face structure has changed, her teeth, like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand, like, you get braces and your teeth are straight. Like, I just don't ever remember Britney Spears's mouth being the way that it is, like, now. And I just don't believe that these celebrities have control over their soul or their real energy like they've agreed upon a contract a curse something that gave them what they thought they wanted but they've lost themselves in that and I think Aaron totally just rejected that like he was like you know what I won't follow the poster child bullshit I will air it out I will be problematic and it's the same thing with Kanye West when people are problematic within Hollywood they silence you or they kill you just like Marilyn Monroe that's how I feel I think Aaron was killed I think Aaron was killed also and it's always the people who are trying to have like authentic speech and also set boundaries like we've seen it on the very smallest scale as we've been growing our podcast like we've seen people who have rocked with us 
and the, and been like, I'm here to watch your growth journey. You can confide in me. I'm supporting you. I'm rooting you on. I'm love bombing you. I'm telling you in the middle of the night, how much you mean to me, how fucking grateful I am. And then I'm going to go behind your back and do A, B, C, and D and try to destroy your reputation. And that's been on a really small scale to the point that you and I have conversations behind the scene where we're like, who's lurking that is over here like anytime that we're getting love bombed we're like oh my god like <laughs> i'm getting love bombed right now like what what is about to come out of you know whatever and i can only imagine how that is on you know like an aaron carter scale or whatnot where everybody knows you everybody wants a piece of you even somebody who is coming across as being super authentic and wanting to spend time with you that may be because you're paying for every meal when you go out. That may be because when they come over and they hang out with you, you've got so-and-so musician at your house or so-and-so producer, and they want to slip a little something in there. Maybe it's because they have a similar gift that you do, and they want you to do some kind of collaboration with them. Like, it's very, all of those people come out of the woodwork when they see you gaining some kind of like quote unquote success. People's families even do it when they come from nothing and they start getting jobs where they have money and they're able to afford things. All of a sudden their family thinks that like, oh, they're not giving me anything. They're too good. They're too good to be giving me money. No, I think I'm working my fucking ass off and I am providing for myself and you have the opportunity to do the same thing. Why would I fund you for your lack of motivation, inspiration, and creativity? And I'm not like a Morgan Wallen fan, but I know his mom was doing that to him. Like his mom was draining his bank account and like buying properties and like putting Same shit. Same with Ryan Upchurch. Yeah. It's unacceptable when people work their asses off and then you just assume that they're going to do X, Y, Z. Like I'm very much that person that spirit constantly tells me like you have good fortune coming your way. You know what that means. The more you have, the more you should share. So here recently I've been going back to like, you know what? You've participated a lot in Patreon this month. Here's a free reading or you have really supported me. I want to, you know, extend this offer. Like yesterday, a girl paid for the class full price. Then like an hour later, she joined Patreon. Well, she could have saved money by doing that if she would have done it opposite, but I didn't have to say anything, but I decided hey, you paid full price and you joined the Patreon, you could have actually got a pretty big discount. So I want to give you a free like 30 minute reading just because like, I just personally feel like energy exchange matters. And I wouldn't want someone who knows there's this big discount available to not say anything to me because I didn't read the fine print. And no, I'm not obligated to do that. But I do know that like, if I go to the store and I give them a hundred dollar bill, and they hand me back $150, I'm not going to be that person that just walks away. So then later that cashier loses their job because their drawer is short $72. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And like, I have had things like that happen where people are like, no, the universe is blessing me. That's their mistake. You're not being blessed because of other people's mistakes. Like that's a mistake. And you need to follow the golden rule. Like if you were in that position and you're in that woman's position, like maybe she just went through a miscarriage or maybe something really traumatic just happened to her right before she got to work and she's not thinking properly. Like 
someone else's downfall is not your come up. And that's the problem in this place is people see other people slipping and they want to capitalize on that. Like for a while, I was taking a mental break from a lot of things. And that's when all the vultures came on out and started trying to sink their calls into everyone. And I am so happy that all of this came to light when it did, because I've learned so many spiritual lessons that like, I don't ever want to be like you all. And that's the punishment. I don't want to be like you. I don't want to associate with you. And I don't want to claim you in my life, in my community or whatever, like pop your shit, but stay so far away from me while you're doing it. See, but those people like, you know, the person who um, went in and invested in your classes and then went in and invested on your Patreon and, and whatnot, those are the people who we turn around and are like, let me give you this gift. Let me give you something for free. Or, um, you know, we notice somebody contributing something, even if it's somebody who's been on, you know, your lowest tier on Patreon but they've been commenting on things and they've been giving you love and whatever. It's not about the monetary exchange for you to be like, here's a reading or, you know, here's a little like thank you package or whatever. Those people are the ones who end up getting the appreciation back and the discounted or free things as opposed to the people who just come into the inbox and say, I'm just having such a hard time right now. And I was just wondering if you can give me a free reading, you know, I can you just pull a, a card for me on this, it'll just be really quick. And um, I hope that I'm not bothering you and I whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, it like you're more ought to get something additional when you are not expecting it. And that goes into like how our conversations about abundance have always been. Like if you're putting in the energy and the work and, you know, lighting some candles here and there and doing your abundance working, whatever, but you're actually putting energy into things and into, oh, I'm going to something I've learned from you. I'm going to invest money into this thing that I feel drawn to do because I'm going to get that money back. I don't have to worry about it. And once I started moving from a, a thing there, oh, I see, you know, somebody's GoFundMe. I have an extra 10 bucks. I'll put it there. Turn around a reading books. You know, I get six times that amount because I wasn't so fucking stingy with what I had to not share with others. That's one thing that I've learned from the people I grew up with is like they see investing in you or investing in xyz as taking away from them and i see it as like it's like you're building the foundation and you're showing the universe that you know what maybe it's not my turn but i'm ready to clap for the people that are in their power and earlier i was gonna like review your business to just like give you a review and that's when i saw that i had reviewed you back in like 2021 and it was before you really even were doing a lot of spiritual work like you were mainly just doing your podcast. And I really did feel very honored to come onto your podcast. But what's even more magical about this whole situation is like meeting you through Bunny has led to me meeting like people who Bunny grew up with or, or her actual family and friends and like having such a big outreach. It's like, I want to bring these people together. So just to surprise you all, we have a very special guest that's going to come on this season. Um, that is one of Bunny's close friends who I've developed a relationship with. And I just feel like her and Gemini need to like meet one-on-one -on -one because it's just so crazy that all of this brought us together. And I literally found her 
you know, during all of this, like during the pandemic and like, that's when you and I had met. So it was like, the universe was aligning me with connections that maybe wouldn't benefit me at that time, but have evolved over time. And I feel like that the evolution of our spirituality and our spiritual gifts, it's only dependent on how much you're willing to share that with others. Like, when you do an amazing reading and you help someone get closure or you help someone have a breakthrough, there is no other feeling like that in the world because instead of taking from this place and thinking that it owes you more, you're popping your shit. Like earlier today, it was hailing. And I was like, spirit, please, no hell, please just rain, please, no hell. And like within 10 minutes, it just stopped hailing and it was small. So I was like, I know it's not doing damage. It just sounds really loud. It was scaring the cats. But it's like, I send love to Mother Earth. I send healing to Mother Earth. When I throw away something like a plastic bottle, I'm like, I am so sorry. And I'm always like, why don't they use cartons anymore? Why don't they, like, why is the collagen powder in this big plastic box when it could be in like a paper, you know what I mean? Like a cardboard bag or something like coffee comes in. It's just like, things are so wasteful. And they want you to believe that like your carbon footprint matters when literally like these yachts and these freaking jets use like more carbon footprint than like 5 million people. And it's like, they want to convince us that we are the problem, that helping someone else takes away from you or investing in your business takes away from my business. And like, instead we have so many people that are like, I joined uh, Gemini's spell work tier and canceled on yours because, you know, I still get to work with both of you. And I'm like, awesome, pop your shit. Like, I love it because it doesn't take away from me and it doesn't take away from anyone. It helps people spread their energy and then it helps us bring that back into our community. We've had so many just like different things that have come up where you'll point that out and you'll be like okay like this may seem shady over here but like all that this is doing is benefiting us so like let that let that happen over here all that it is is an energy exchange and somehow having a benefit on us and it always does and something that I love about you too is that you know you have met all of these people myself and other people through bunny or whatever and met people who um are have large followings and whatnot and you have never even behind the scenes you've never been like I'm about to do a reading for so and so this is about to make my shit blow up this is like I can't wait to like put a video together and like show everybody that I did this reading for them or you know take a screenshot of their message and like tag them in it and be like wow like this is everything that came through and there's a difference to me because we both will take pictures of like a feedback text that somebody says where they're like, you said A, B, C, and D was going to happen, like everything like unfolded or whatever. There's a difference between showing somebody's appreciation to you for the read and, and, and like sharing that like love and then breaking down somebody's intimate details about their reading and what came through and showing, I hate videos of people talking about shit one that you can find online like if I see a reading from somebody and I'm like I literally know all of that information also because it's public knowledge or you know um I you could do a quick google search but just you can tell people who they'll 
put videos out there of people with large followings that they read or that they do something for. But then all of these small people who have helped them build up that following and stuff, they've never shared readings from those people. So you just used them to monetarily gain and get an audience. And then once you hit your elite status, now you're going to pop your shit. I am so turned off by people like that. Like, look at me, look at what I've done. Like, I have done so many readings for people that are like close knit in the circle, like inner circles. And I would never air it out. Like if they post and they want to shout me out and I share it. Yes, perfect. But so many things that come through in mediumship sessions and, and in readings are so private Never in my life would I share that information. I, like you said, sometimes will crop people's names and all the public knowledge stuff out so that we keep it anonymous. But people are very big on who they know and sharing all of that knowledge. And it just makes me feel like you're a snake. You're untrustworthy, that you're not going to give the same attention to a small creator as you do a big creator. And I don't want to do business with you because- you know, recently I had uh, a client start mentorship and we're, we're trading some work. And I was like, wow, I really think that your work could help Gemini. Maybe Gemini will want to trade you some spell work or something for what you're doing. And she thanked me like 20 fucking times. Like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that. Like, thank you. Thank you. And like these small creators really thrive on word of mouth. Like I love when someone's like, I heard about you from this or someone recommended you, you know, recently someone reached out and said that someone told them they had a curse on them and they needed to remove it. It was $800. And I'm like, we can do this, this, and this. And she was like, I just am so grateful that I found you. She's like, someone told me to reach out to you. And it's like doing the right thing behind closed doors is what's going to get you further ahead. Like you can broadcast and get a million views on TikTok and no one go to your website and book with you. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't need a million people to see my stuff. I need five to 10 to 15 people to resonate with what I'm saying and come over to my platforms and support me in that way. Like a like and all of those things are very appreciated. And I know sometimes I post content that doesn't even like, it's not relevant to my following, but you all will still comment and like anyways, because that does help boost the algorithm to reach the people that it will help. But at the same time, I'm not like, wow, Gemini, you never comment on my videos or you never share my stuff. You know, I don't care because at the end of the day, like what's resonant for one person may not be resonant for the next person. And it's not personal. And so many people look around at their inner circle and want them to like, do xyz but i promise you your ideal client or your ideal supporter is not normally in your inner circle and it's only once you've reached some platform of notoriety that people are like wow i know that girl and you know bunny we we don't use her for clout like that's like a fairy godmother like i pour into her as much as she pours into me and i am constantly reminding her like you have done so much for me. If I connect with a client and they tell me they found me through Bunny in the blessing, I'm like, thank you to Bunny. She's a goddess. Like uh, speaking so much abundance over her life and, you know, watching her the last three to four years manifest what she's manifested. I have been there by her side while she's done that. Like I have watched her do that. Would I be like, 
she only did that because of me or you know what I mean like people want to take clout from something that has nothing to do with them like just support your people in the way that you can support them whether that's energetically monetarily or whatever and keep it moving we don't need the story how you went to high school with xyz and you know them because I promise you you probably didn't fuck with them you never supported them and you talk shit about them until someone of notoriety put them on their platform. And I love to see the comments of, oh, I know her, I know her, but you've never booked a reading. You've never shared a post. You probably don't even like my business page. And that's cool, but don't use my name in a room to try to get some kind of clout. Like, don't use my name like you know me, because you don't. Well, and so I want to say two things about that. So one, the bunny thing is never a clout thing. Literally, we wouldn't know each other. We wouldn't have this podcast together any of that if it hadn't been for bunny like and when i when i trace it back right i talk about how i got that reading from you during like one of my lowest times that i needed healing and that reading helped with starting coven i wouldn't have even met you and had that reading if it hadn't been for bunny's podcast so like it all comes back in a way that's like she's talked about because there's and call her the fairy godmother because there is such a deep appreciation for the impact that she's had on our lives by literally just being her authentic self, like who she is. And, and that's the thing is like you just going out there and living your passion and being creative and putting yourself out there without even understanding whose life you're affecting. That's everything. The fact that now we're building platforms for ourselves where we're getting messages from people we don't know that are like, you're making such a change in my life. I feel like I have friends when I listen to you guys. It feels so supportive. Means everything. And also onto what you said about, you know, well, Gemini doesn't like my posts or like whatever. People should have friendships that are safe friendships. If I have to be concerned that me not doing X, Y, and Z is going to piss you off and not like us joking about like me being late, like me joking, like you'll never want to record with me again. But I mean, we've all had those friends that genuinely were like, I don't, I, should I do this? Or is this going to piss them off? Are they, you know, or they have an expectation like, well, you didn't call me in the last two days. Well, sorry, I have diarrhea and I can't get to the phone. Honestly, I don't rank my friendships on anything because like, oh, you're on the, on your phone and you haven't texted me back. It would be different if we had plans and you like left me at the altar. You know what I mean? Like I'm waiting for you and you don't show up and then I see you posting. Yeah, I'm going to take that a little personal. But like, if you just don't text me back for two days, which you've posted, I'm going to be like, oh, wow, she's just promoting herself she's just putting herself out there like I'm not going to be like yeah she's doing that because she doesn't like me for real or she doesn't care about me like so many people take shit personally and that's where removing the personal aspect from things really helps me see that like oh wow she's had a rough week and she's decompressing on her story by posting funny things or you know I've said this before like if I get on your post and it's always about this person does this my baby daddy does that. School supplies is so expensive. Fuck the government or whatever. I mean, and it's just constant. Like it's it's okay to vent. But if it's an everyday thing, baby, get a diary and do some shadow work. Because I'm sick of being your mobile diary where I see every little thought that you have. Like I'll see something like my husband cheated on me and feeling disgusted. Bitch go seek therapy because at the end of the and then day they're together next week and it's just he made a mistake and they're going to counseling 
I don't air out temporary feelings until I know that it is very permanent and this is how I feel. This is where I stand on it. I don't air out my temporary feelings. And I think that has helped me decipher what's actually important long-term is like, okay, yes, that upset me and it hurt my feelings. But also what I learned from the whole debacle over the summer is like, those weren't really my friends. So I didn't lose anything and I gained everything, gained so much wisdom, so much clarity on how far I've come because the old me would have just taken people to the ringer and hung your ass to drop. You know what I mean? But instead the new me's like, go live in your fantasy world. I love that. Wow. Sell that story to people who will listen because the only thing that you had going for you was that you were in my circle. And then when you take away me, you're just there. Like you'll have to go back to your own circle. You'll have to go back to your own life. Like you could live in fantasy land and have a good time, but it's not your reality. So, you know, trying to convince people to not like someone or to not do certain things, is just a waste of your energy and your breath because nine times out of 10, people are going to still do whatever they want. They're not going to think twice about it. And you're taking it personal. Like, well, I helped her through that breakup and now she went back to him. And I'm just, I feel like she neglects our friendship. Well, then you need to evaluate how you're allowing certain people to make you feel unworthy. Because a lot of the times we be breaking our own heart and it's no one else's fault, but your own. And also how dare people want to use a time when someone's in need and needed a friend or was going through something and then turn around and air out like that person's business, that person's dirty laundry. Like I have plenty of people that I have had fallouts with or whatever in life that I've never had to blast, you know, how I was a good friend to them or whatever. And, and from that situation over the summer, people who had been rocking with us and also new people gained a whole different trust and um, yeah, like trust in us because they saw how we actually navigate situations the exact same way that we're always talking. Like all that did for people was show consistency of, oh, you really do handle that shit exactly the way that you say you're going to and keep on keeping it pushing. We were so honest about like, I'm pissed the fuck off. My, I feel taken advantage of like my feelings are hurt that people would navigate this way. And this is how I'm healing through it and how I'm pushing. And that's what I always want us to be is like, so authentic about real shit happening, but a bitch isn't going to keep me down. And another thing is like, when you have pure intentions, you just really can't lose. And there's nothing that anyone has ever gotten from me that I regret doing. Like if I gave you time and energy, you probably really needed it. And I hope that you enjoy it, but I'm revoking access to my energy. And I think the sweetest revenge is just success and moving on. Like they need you to stay in that time warp of bullshit because it keeps them relevant. But the moment that you revoke your access to you and you revoke that power that they're having over you, over your thoughts, over your happiness, over your finances, whatever, you go next level. You go somewhere that you didn't plan on going. And I feel like right now that spirit is really showing us who's there for us because we have Neptune in retrograde in Pisces and Saturn in retrograde in Pisces. And it's like, 
there was so much focus on the collective. Like we've got to keep you safe and you've got to do this and protect your neighbor. And now the collective focus is more towards the illusions that you allow in your life that actually set you up for failure. Like you can't go out every weekend and then on Monday be depressed because you're broke. Okay, we'll save some of your money or okay, stop buying things for people. I see so many people though, going above and beyond. And I understand you want to give your kid a life you didn't have, but spending $500 on a balloon garland and this on that. And then, you know, all these things is not showing your child love. It's displaying your love for the fucking internet. And you need to check yourself because I promise you your four-year-old would have been so much happier without a photo wall, without a balloon garland, if you were just there and attentive, or if you just took them on a little small family intimate vacation. You know, I think that what's wrong is around 2001, we became a consumerist. Like that's when Black Friday was created. Right after 9-11, they shifted your focus towards, oh my God, if you don't have XYZ, you can't be happy. You need the nice car. You need this. And they made people fill without. And I've been on Zillow just looking at the housing market and the trends. And literally y'all from like 2001 to like 2015, houses barely changed. Like maybe a thousand, five thousand, less than 10,000 total over the course of 15 years. But yet in the last eight years, shit has went $100,000 difference. $200,000 difference, like they're setting you up for failure by selling you a dream that doesn't exist. Nobody should go pay $80,000 for a job. I'm sorry, for a degree to get a job that pays 60,000. Like they sell us these dreams like, oh, well, if you don't go all out for your kid's first birthday, you don't love them. If you don't go into debt for your child, you don't love them. Like my little cousin got a Volvo SUV for his first car. Like no, he needs a, a car with a mirror hanging off so he knows how to respect this motherfucker. But instead, they went and bought him like a $45,000 SUV and they're like, he paid half of it. Yeah, because he never had to pay for his phone or anything else. So, of course, he was able to save all of this money up. You know what I mean? Then he should have bought a car he could pay for. And that's what the system needs people doing feeling like they're justifying their love based on what they spend, based on how they dress. And my favorite thing is about like the designer stuff, like Adam Sandler and people like they're rich as hell. And you see them walking around in basketball shorts and t-shirts that they get at Walmart. But yet the person who really doesn't have the money is going to get the BBL surgery, the Louis bag, the Jimmy Choo shoes. And like, you're only trying to sell something on the outside because you're unhappy on the inside because most of the time like I can go to Walmart and find a bomb outfit and, and rock it like it is designer and people will be like where'd you get those pants Walmart and they're shocked when I say that because the energy behind it makes it look successful and I feel like people need to understand what you're agreeing to in this reality because we signed up for it we signed up to be here. And if you're signed up for the struggle bus, that's because you booked a one-way ticket on the struggle bus. Like I had a round trip, baby. I, I took a little bit of the struggle bus and now we've brought it back around. I'm like, I would rather walk than be in a car I can't afford. Or I would rather walk than be in a relationship that doesn't make me happy. You know, like people want to ride the struggle bus because everyone's on it. That's where your family's at, your friends, whoever. But it does not make you happy to try to live up to a standard that doesn't fit you.
Yeah, I mean, and I've spent too long of my life in younger years trying to fit into other people's expectations of things. I mean, I send you pictures all the time where I'm like, five years ago, who the fuck is this? And a huge reason being that I was always trying to fit inside of other people's molds for things. Or I know that I didn't color my hair for so many years because, and I would openly say, I don't want people to look at me when I walk into a room. I just want to blend in and people to not know that I'm there. And that's not my personality. That's not like once I get talking to people and I'm comfortable, that's not at all how I am. But I used to be so nervous about people's expectations and people's like judgments of what I did and who I was. And it reflects into how you treat other people too. If you're somebody who you don't want to be noticed and you don't want to stand out, you are not going to want to hang out with people that are confident and going to do that because that will, A, it'll trigger you or B, it will uh, make you feel like eyes are on you when they're not. At the same time, like birds of a feather flock together. And if you're used to being around people who have a certain mindset, a certain energetic blueprint, like they're emitting fear or they're emitting lack or jealousy or, you know, I definitely grew up in a household that was very like, this is mine. This is mine. This is mine. Don't touch it. It's mine. You know, and I noticed that even in like my adult years when I had roommates, they had no sense of that. Like there's one Red Bull in the fridge and my roommate would drink it and leave a note. I drank your Red Bull. Like, hello, like what? But that's because he grew up in a household that was on a silver platter. You know what I mean? Like his mom literally treats Easter like it's fucking Christmas and he gets a whole new wardrobe every Easter. And I'm talking like 28 years old, but it's like people don't understand what they've never been exposed to. And I, and no longer limiting my reality based on fear. The moment that I think my money, think my energy, I think my body constantly for everything it does for me, because we spend so much time looking outside of ourselves that we don't even know what we really want. We don't even know who we really are. We're told what we want. We're told what's okay. We're told what's acceptable. And I know that like three years ago, when I first started getting like visible tattoos, my parents were like beside themselves. And then mm. now my mom's like, I love your tattoos. Or, you know, now she like recognizes that there's a difference. There's people who have really good quality tattoos and there's people who just have tattoos and coverage that looks not that great. And so I think that my family decided that they were either going to have to accept me for who I was becoming, or they were going to take the back seat and then possibly be left on the side of the road. Because I'm not driving the car that I was given. You know what I mean? Like I'm driving the car that I provide, that I take control of. And I just feel like so many people are in the backseat of their own life based on their opinions of their family. And I promise you, if your family is not encouraging you to do something, it's because your energy, your spirit, your goals irritates a part of them that feels left behind, that feels regret, that feels like they didn't do what they wanted. So they sure as hell don't want you to do it. And I've told people this before. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but there are ancestors in your lineage that do not want to see you break that generational curse because in their mind, they're like, no, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it. I'm going to come back and do it. And so sometimes like we've got to really honor the ancestors because a lot of them, they don't like you. 
they don't. They don't like that you're going to be the one to break through. Like, just don't think that because your family is this way that your ancestors were that way. Like we are all very different people. And I feel like learning more about our lineage really helps decode why our parents are the way they are. And we have to keep in mind, depending on when you were born, your parents were raised by people who were growing up in the great depression that were raised by people that literally had no home, had nothing, you know, worked their ass off and lost everything. And the fact that this has been allowed to spiral like over the course of history, it just shows that people have always put the power in other people's hands. I know that something that was huge for my mom's family from her side of the family has been the codependence on a husband and having all of these kids and that's what you do with your life and what you make your purpose and you do everything that it takes for a man. And, you know, a lot of them end up raising kids by themselves because they poured everything into this person to the point of like, you know, not necessarily checking to see if it's a good person or whatever, but just I'm supposed to have a family and I'm supposed to have kids and that's what I'm supposed to do. And so that's all that I'm going to do. And then having to find independence and whatnot later in life. And that's something that I never wanted. Like I wanted to be a parent, but I never wanted to be underneath of somebody else and have to follow like their rules and guidelines and expectations. And that is so it's so easy to say like, this isn't what I want to do. And then have it, you know, you get in relationships and whatnot and having to work on healing through all of that because that's passed down generationally. Exactly. And a lot of women have very little drive because they watched their mom or their grandmother do the certain things. And honestly, as a man, I would love, I'm not a man, but if I was a man, I would love to have a partner who is a go-getter or wants to bring home the bread, you know, like, the problem with society is that the man has been so far removed from what actually goes on behind the scenes in the home. And now we've got women in the workforce who still have to come home and run a household. And that's just not fair. That's like, that's the standard when women were at home all day that they did those things. But the fact that so many people argue over basic chores and basic things like laundry and, you know, whatever it is really makes me chuckle because the only added thing that men really get is like yard work like that gets added in but like that's not a year-round thing like laundry doesn't stop because it's winter you know what I mean like house cleaning doesn't stop because it's winter and that's why I encourage everyone to really evaluate the like problem areas in your relationship and like if it's something that could be outsourced and fixed the money is worth it it's well spent to do that. And I know that back whenever I mentioned having a house cleaner to Gemini before, she was like, oh no, never. Now she has a house cleaner, y'all. Because it's the facts. Like if you can delegate that to someone else, why not? Like if you can do it and you make it a part of your life, I promise you your quality of life improves because then instead of working all week and knowing that Saturday and Sunday, you've got to do laundry and X, Y, Z, a lot of it's already done. I mean, my house cleaning person does not clean my laundry, but like all the other things, the bathrooms and things I don't want to do, 
that's cool. Yes, I may sweep or run the vacuum cleaner. I obviously do the dishes, things like that. But it's like when you take away 75% of the load and you can delegate that to someone else, your relationships will improve. Rather than being mad at your husband for not doing it, you remove the argument, you remove the tension and you just delegate it to someone who does that and they do it way better. It's like what someone who like doesn't want to do something might take them six hours and someone who does it for a living, it takes them two hours to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Time is money, baby. And you're not getting more time. You can always make more money though. Um. Yeah, I recently have discovered that my mental health really struggles if I'm in clutter or things are dirty, but I also am not going to keep up on the cleaning and being able to do things and just sitting here. It causes resentment if you know that like you're going to be the one who's going to be cleaning it and you also don't want to be the one who's going to be cleaning it. And, you know, there's always going to be arguments about like chores and delegating things, right? Like I'm sure that there are things that like my husband wishes that I was able to help him out with and like maintenance stuff that I would notice or, you know, whatnot. And there are going to be things around the house that like, I wish that I could have help with too. And so I'm going to expect that if you need mechanical help with something, you're not going to be sitting here being resentful towards me because I don't want to fucking do that. And I'm going to do the and that you would go out and find yourself help. And I'm going to do that with the house stuff. I don't, I actually don't care enough to sit here and care that you don't want to do dishes or, you know, that you don't want to deep clean the kitchen. I will just have somebody come in and I'll give them a fucking reading and have them deep clean the kitchen. Like there's, and people have the pettiest fucking arguments. And I feel that people can have such a solid relationship about things. And literally you have, so you just have nothing else to discuss in life. So you're just going to argue over household chores. Like that is the last thing that I would bring to. Okay. I guess when it comes to me, I also still very much have this like gender roles thing inside of my mind. Like there are certain things that like, my husband as the man in our relationship is going to handle. And there are other things that like, as the like woman in our relationship, I feel is like what I'm going to handle. And we can meet in the middle sometimes on those things. But I, as, as a person want to make and want to feel like I am making things nice for my husband and that, you know, he works all these long hours and now late at night and he's up like barbecuing and stuff. I want when he comes home for the house to be picked up for him to have laundry in his closet, ready to go. And sure I had to go and work at an office and I had to have the kid all day, but that's not, you know, he's busting his ass too. So where's like our, our equal in the middle. And that's my love language, I guess is like, I want you to come home and feel safe in your space and feel like you are comfortable. And his love language is I was out and I was thinking about you while I was busy today. So I picked this up for you on my way home. I grabbed you flowers or I grabbed you a coffee for the morning. So you don't have to worry about it or, you know, whatever. I think we as humans have to figure out what works for you inside your own home, rather than looking to other people and fantasizing about how they operate. Because a lot of those people that have these fancy ass houses and live in these like just luxurious neighborhoods fucking hate it because they're in debt. 
they have a $200,000, $300,000 mortgage over their head. And the thing about that is you need to buy within your means, whatever it is, whether it's a car, whether it's a home, whether it's this, because when you step out of your means and you start trying to be something you're not, you put pressure on your family to live up to some certain persona. So, okay, great. You have this wonderful house, but now you never get to go on a vacation or your son can't play football because it's $800 to sign up and you don't have that ready to go. Or you have this big fancy house that has two AC units and they both go out and it's $12,000 to replace. You know, it's like people think that material things will make them happy, but you have to figure out what your system is. And I personally love when people are just like, you know what? That's not for me. And they do something different. I think there are gender roles that are very important, but at the same time, like let people expand beyond your mental construct for them, because just because that's mm. what is expected doesn't mean that that's reality. Like I love that Bunny and them drop all their laundry off and pick it up. Like that's the next goal for me. The next goal for me is picking up all of my t-shirts and that nice little plastic wrap folded perfectly. And they just go into the drawer. That's goals to me because- I've already elevated past like certain levels that that's the next level. I don't want to do all kinds of laundry all the time. You know what I mean? And like, there's levels to certain things. And when your mental health is being affected, you should really pour into figuring out a solution rather than pointing the blame or pointing fingers at someone else. I agree. And you were also talking about, you know, not comparing your relationship and, and, you know, what you're wanting in a relationship or whatnot to what you're seeing around you. And I think that people will so often fantasize about like other people or other relationship dynamics or something that they see and not appreciate the life that they have because, oh, I, you know, I wish that my man doted on me like that or did this. Well, you can fantasize about that, but if you were inside of that, people will leave their whole fucking lives, their whole relationships, their whole everything, because they see something on the internet and they're like, I should be looking for that. You may find that, you know, you, you don't like that somebody is waiting on you and catering to you all the time because they don't have any kind of backbone and they're a fucking jellyfish and they're a yes man. And you can't, um, they're, you know, just yes men I always call it um like the puppy dog effect where like you get we've all done it where you get with the bad boy and you're like this is what I'm wanting like yeah biker daddy and then you guys like start hanging out and whatever and all of a sudden he's a spineless fucking jellyfish and he'll never talk back to you and he'll never stick up for himself and you know whatever and that ends up not being cute or you can um you know want this over here that looks aesthetically this way, but then you don't like the way that that person treats people. You don't like the way that they navigate behind the scenes. They don't have a good moral compass. They have everything that they have because they cheat and lie and steal to get it. So it's always, to me, it's been a huge um, priority, like in my marriage and, and in my life to try and assess realistically are the things that like I'm not happy with or that I would want to change, are they just because I'm bored and I'm used to how things are and I want to switch things up? Or is it because there's genuinely something in my life that needs to change and, you know, whatever. And having those real soul deep conversations with yourself for people who feel that they make like 
manic life choices. I used to feel like all my life choices were manic choices. It would only make me happy temporarily. And it's because you can get used to living your life off of endorphins and looking for um, like an immediate satisfaction to something. So I feel overwhelmed and I feel pissed off by this. I'm going to leave and I'm never going to come back to this relationship again. And then you can regret that when you're looking for things, you know, for a grass is greener situation. And another thing about that is a lot of people don't know what they want and then they're upset that their partner or whoever is not providing that. And I think that communication is so important to me. And the first time someone's words and actions don't match, it's very easily like identifiable to be like, you know what, that's not going to work for me long term. Like instead of like playing the game, I'm like, you know what, that's just not going to work for me. I'm not going to get attached or put my feelings into something when I know down the road, this will be an issue. And I feel like you have to hold yourself accountable for what you attract, because you're only attracting what you're allowing into your life. And another thing is like set standards and boundaries and stick to them because we teach people how to treat us. So if you let something slide because you're like, oh no, I'm 38 and I need to have a baby and I need to get married because that's what society says. And then you look up and you're 43, you are going to hate yourself for settling because of a societal standard, because it didn't make you happy. It didn't fix your problems. Now you're locked into some crazy mortgage. You've got a kid and now you're stuck. Now you feel even immobile. And I feel like I read something the other day and it said, normalize enjoying your thirties with or without children, like regardless, like with or without children, like enjoy what you have before you receive what's coming. Because so many people want to close a chapter that they're meant to bask in or that they're meant to enjoy so that they can have that next chapter. And then when you get to that next chapter, you're going to look back and be like, I don't have time for myself. I can't take naps. I can't wash my ass anymore because I'm so busy with this. You know, it's like, be accountable and understand that peace and quiet will disguise itself as boredom or that the passion or fire is lost. But when you're used to arguing and screaming and fighting and all those mm -hmm. things, peace and quiet feels boring. And it takes you a while to adjust, but it doesn't mean that there's something better out there. It just means that you need to set with the silence because the universe is trying to get through to you with something. So we're going to start ending every episode with a My Human Design card. So I'm going to let Gemini pull that for you all. And I've been sitting here shuffling while we've been talking so that we can incorporate, you know, the energy of our conversation into the cards. And we got... Card 14 for possibilities. It's an arcade game. Card 14. The sign is Scorpio. <laughs> this is fitting. Your gift is individualism and your shadow is compromise. The gift of individualism. To embrace your unique code of genius is to honor your gift to the collective. You infuse everything you do with a sense of aliveness, versatility, and eagerness. You brush past the labels and conditions of the programmed world to work, to enslave oneself, and to abide by the rules of society. You carve out a path that is truly your own and possess endless passion along the way. When you access this gift, life opens for you in new and exhilarating ways, and the future is filled with possibility and expansion. 
You perceive not only your own incredible abilities, but the strengths and gifts of others. Through your keen discernment, those around you aliven with confidence and a lasting sense of purpose, and your shadow is compromised. In our childhood, before mired in the collective conditioning of our world, we possess an enthusiasm for all that we can be and all that we might become. There is exuberance in youth. Through schooling and other modalities for homogenization, we learn to temper our deepest desires with realism and the spark of inspiration is lost to the steady drum of sameness, a lackluster state of being. We forget our brand of genius and enmesh ourselves within the herd. We compromise ourselves and our highest potential for the sake of fitting in. We forsake our individuality and live on autopilot. This shadow rules you whenever you ignore your intuition or your heart and instead obey your programming in the outside world of opinions. Your themes are discernment, innate gifts, passion, and exuberance. And that's where we shall leave you all today. That was also one, that was card 14 and one plus four is five and five was our number last time. Look at all the signs you all. And we are so grateful for our communities, for our audience, for everyone that supports the podcast. It really does mean a lot to us. Once again, go to lollipoppodcast.com to submit questions or any topic request. And we would be so grateful if you all left us a review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you are listening. Yes, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.